0: Welcome to the CTC podcast, where Chase Minifield, Dom Joseph, and Bill French discuss life lessons they have learned as young entrepreneurs in the
1: business world. Join them as they debate current events, business topics, and enjoy a few laughs with their weekly guests. And now for today's show.
2: What up, what up? Here we are with another episode of the CTC podcast. I'm your host, Chase Minifield. We got duct tape Dom Joe on the line. What's up, world? What's up? We in here. We, we got, and we got Million Dollar Max on the
0: line. Max, what up? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing out there?
2: Before we introduce our guest of the day, I want to make sure that you guys subscribe, rate, comment, do all those things that you got to do on all the platforms that we're streaming on, uh, iTunes, Apple, Podcasts. Um, I think we on some other platforms, too. I don't even know the other ones, but if you find us like if you go search like Google, the Google Music whatever on the Androids, you'll find us too. All right? So don't be saying you can't find us, man. So we out here. But um I want to introduce our guest today. Kristen Gardner Bill, UVA alum, another one of the who's where additions to this series that we're building. We're very excited. Kristen, what's up?
1: Hey, how's it going?
2: We're good, Kristen. How are you doing?
1: I'm well. I'm excited to participate in today, but other than that, things are going great. So excited to share whatever you want to know. Nah, we're, ex-
2: we're excited. We're excited. So, uh, Kristen, where are you, where are you from, first and foremost, and how did you end up at UVA?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm from Virginia. I'm from Hanover County, specifically Ashland, Virginia. It's a small train town, um, approximately about 7,000 people. So I grew up in a very small town. Um, just outside of Richmond. And then I uh, studied there, went to all the way from K through 12, family hasn't moved for like decades. Um, and then ended up at UVA by way of uh, my grandparents graduating from there from the ed school. So that's kind of the college base that I knew when I was starting to apply.
2: Okay, cool, cool. So so Central Virginia, uh, through and through, for sure. Yep. So What is what when you was at UVA, first of all, what did you study and how was your experience there?
1: I studied foreign affairs and sociology. And to be honest with you, I studied what I was good at. So that kind of um allowed me to have a pretty a pretty social experience at UVA. I'm pretty practical in my thought and I prioritize just kind of like, I don't know, good times making memories of people and whatnot. So I did foreign affairs and sociology because I liked it. I was good at it, and then you know, that opened the door for me to, you know, spend a lot of time with my friends and organizations and traveling a bit. So I feel like for the most part, I had a dope experience at UVA. Some of my best friends that I still hang out with now, we all are within the New York, you know, tri-state area. We're thickest thieves still. So I feel like I really appreciate the the network of people that I gained and also, you know, an invaluable education.
2: Big facts, big facts. So, you know, when we're on here, we usually have a lot of former athletes. I seem like most of our guests be former athletes, I guess because we're athletes. But I want to know what your experience was as UVA. And like I guess you kind of explained that just then, but like in detail as far as like, you know, do you think it helped you post post education or post graduation? Uh and and do you think that you were able to do the things that you wanted to do there that, you know, ultimately was your goal that, that helped you accomplish the goals that you that you did after after school was over.
1: Yeah. So I think, um, to start with the latter, what I realized after I graduated is that I did not maximize my opportunity at UVA just from like an educational standpoint. I felt like there was way more, um, kind of like cooler, like specific classes I could have been taken that could have, you know, like benefited me in the, you know, like in the long run, like I would have definitely taken more African-American history courses. I definitely would have taken more like Plato, Aristotle, like, you know, like stuff like that, um, along the way. Um, but I feel like overall it definitely has helped, um, by day I'm in finance and I think that, I mean, as competitive as it is to get into like the top four banks, um, I definitely think having UVA on my resume has been a leg up in most cases. Um, and outside of that, like socially, it's a name like everyone recognizes like along the East coast. Um, I lived in Utah for some time too. And it was funny being out there that it didn't, it didn't resonate with folks like the same, you know, the same way it does like the East coast, which is all fine and dandy. It's kind of like a humbling experience, but I feel like experience wise, I definitely got what I wanted out of the school. Definitely like socially, but, um, not realizing how much benefit it would be to me and like my personal life in terms of like getting my career started and just kind of like, being its own, you know, little brand on the resume that I can like continue to build off of.
2: Cool. Cool. So right after graduation, take me into what you did. You said you went a little bit of time in Utah. Why, why is it that you went out there? uh, And I guess what is finance where you've been at since you graduated or that, that just came about?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when I graduated, I did not have a job. And so I spent about six months um, in D.C. living with one of my best friends, Erica, um, in her parents' attic. So we were both trying to figure out what uh, what we were going to do after school, where we were going to work. And I kind of got into commercial real estate a little bit, just doing like research for a small company in D.C. Didn't really enjoy it, but I appreciated kind of like living in a big city since I grew up in such a small town. Um, but ironically I applied to, but that was the first job I ever applied to. Um, I applied my, the beginning of my fourth year, um, just like at UVA, a friend of mine was like, why don't you think, think a little bit bigger, apply to like global investment banks. Like they're not only hiring people with financial backgrounds or like engineering backgrounds. They need like, you know, diverse experience. So they don't have like group think like in-house. And I was like, oh, you know, that sounds like a good idea through my, through my app out there. And literally a year later I got the call. Um, which is, which is pretty dope because they do, um, hiring 95% from like intern classes, which I totally didn't do. But the other 5% is just kind of applicants that, you know, apply on a whim. So I did that, got picked up and I was like slated to go to New York. But by the time I was onboarding, my team had relocated to our second headquarters in the Americas, which is in Utah. And I was like, well, I need a job. I need a good job. So I just went and I spent two and a half years in Salt Lake City.
2: That's dope. That's dope. You came back to New York. You're in New York currently, right?
1: Yeah, I live in New York now, which is nice. Where are you at?
2: What borough are you in?
1: I'm in Brooklyn, of course. (laughs) The best borough. That was was going to be
2: my guest, Brooklyn. But uh, cool. So what made you get into your entrepreneurship journey that you're currently here to talk about? And give us give us the name of the company, the background, how you started it, what made you started it? what made you start it and, uh, what you, what you guys do and what's your plans for it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, wine is something I've always been like interested in, especially growing up being a native, like in Virginia, we have tons of wineries across the state. Like at this point we have 300 plus in counting. Um, when, as soon as we turned 21, friends and I would go up to the properties in and around Charlottesville, just to kind of you know, like have lunch, drink wine, do some tastings and learn more about it. And it kind of became, you know, a significant pastime while we were an undergrad. And then, you know, when I was flying back and forth between Utah and Virginia, I always made my way back up to Charlottesville to see what new wineries were up coming up or places I hadn't been because I wanted to put forth a good effort to complete the Virginia Wine Trail. Um, that being said, in combination with you know, Virginia, me growing up there, I've lost a couple of friends to drinking and driving. And I feel like drinking and driving is still like a big thing, like in our area. And it was a big thing when we were coming back home to, you know, go back up to Charlottesville, do the taste. And it's like, all right, who's going to be the person to drive today? Like, you got to commit to it and you got to make sure, like, if you are, like, you can get everybody back, like safety. Cause as you know, like going up through Shenandoah or Crozet, the roads are pretty windy. It's just not conducive to that. And also, At the time, like Uber wasn't really there. And if it was, it was kind of super expensive and you found yourself kind of waiting a long time to get picked up just to go like a few miles to the next property. So that being said, like my line sister, Naya and I were like, we should just start a company that transports people specifically so they can enjoy the beverage trails that Virginia has to offer. Safely, we'll pick people up from their front door. Like we'll take them to the the four stops, the three stops, or however many stops they want to have throughout the day, and then we'll take them home. Um, and so that's what that's where Vingo came from. We piloted with you know a couple of friends saying, "Hey, like why don't you just kind of hop in the car? We'll take you around. Give us feedback. Like let us know like how our packages are shaking out." And that took about maybe like six months to a year to kind of iron out, like get all the details together. And then finally, in September 2017, we were able to launch Vengo Tours officially.
2: Awesome. So super, super entrepreneurial, uh, typical entrepreneurial journey where you have a an idea and a thought process that you think is valuable, and then you ultimately implement it to... To see, okay, what the uh, what the market is demanding. So, how's your experience been so exactly. far with um, Vingo? And you know, I guess as two co-founders, what roles do you guys do? How do you separate roles? And what's your role? What's her role? Uh, how does the company break down on a day to day as far as operations and administration?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's been dope. Um, you know, I feel like having a co-founder, having it being one of my lines is just the fact that we're so close. Um, so we work well together and I feel like we're constantly bouncing ideas off of one another. And between both of our networks, like, I feel like a lot of opportunity and just, you know, folks, um, being interested in our tours from just all over Virginia. I had some folks who came down like, you know, like from New York are interested, et cetera, et cetera, has helped us kind of, you know, grow business if you will. Um, so Naya lives in Charlottesville And um, she also has a separate full time job, but like one her role specifically is like she does a lot of like the website administration, um, a lot of like she'll drive the tours because she's physically there. My parents also help drive tours. We have another friend in the area who will drive tours for us. So it's kind of family based, which is nice. Um, my role is more so on the, um, and she also does a lot of partnerships, obviously, because she's right there in the area and people tap, tap, um, tap us on the shoulder saying, Hey, we would love to meet, like, is there a way that we can get our property in one of like, you know, your rotations, like a highlight in one of your rotations when you're offering up places to go for like, you know, your visitors. Cause we get a lot of folks from out of town who aren't familiar and they're like, Hey, we'll go wherever you want to take us, wherever you want to show us. So that's been beneficial to just partner with folks in the area. So she's there and is the face to do that remotely. And this is, you know, my, my biggest thing is like, I want to be able to work remotely and just kind of like whatever job that I'm doing. And Vingo is the start of this, but I manage all of like the tour bookings So when people email us or call us and say, Hey, we want to do a tour. We want to do it on this date. Like I'm in the background doing all the logistics, like, all right, this is where you're going. These are your reservation times. Here's your driver contact. I'll map the tour. I'll route it and kind of throw out a ballpark of like timing at each destination, drive time, et cetera, et cetera. And make sure people book online and facilitate payment. Um, So I do that in the background remotely, like from New York. And then everyone in Virginia makes sure that we have like a smooth kind of go live um, once we pick up our guests,
2: this is, this is, this is awesome. Uh, and I love this cause you know, we've had, we've had yeah. guests, we've had guests on this podcast that one think that you can't create any type of business while having a full-time job. Y'all both have a full-time job and then y'all both have this, have, have created a business that y'all wanted to, uh, to go after and try to, and try to create and make it into existence. So is the goal... Is yeah. the goal to, I got a couple questions first before I let these, these two, they might not have questions. This intrigues me. So, um, <laughs> I got a um, is your goal to eventually being a full-time entrepreneur and quit your job or are you just trying to, are you just cool with, you know, where you're at and what is bringing on the side?
1: Um, I'm a big believer in like seven streams of income. So I don't think that, I would quit my full-time job for anything that I'm doing. Um, I, I actually really do enjoy, like, the work that I do, like, in the finance industry. So I want to keep that and maintain that. But I feel like the other things, um, how I think about it is, like, monetizing the monetizing your interest, right? So to me, that doesn't feel like work. And, like, Vingo doesn't feel like work. It's fun. And it's, like, we're helping people enjoy, you know, what it is that we enjoy whenever I go home or I link up with friends, et cetera, et cetera. So I kind of want to stay like in that uh, place. But what I feel like is it's so important because, yeah, I have a full-time job. I work like 10 hours a day, 11 hours a day, whatever the case may be. But when I come home or when I get a break at work, like I'm doing like bingo stuff, right? So I feel like it's the same as taking time to like have a, you know, a FaceTime with somebody or like a long phone call or, you know, sending a couple of text messages. I'm just doing it with like, folks who are interested like in my business. So kind of, I feel like to your point about making, um, starting a company and making it work while you do have a full-time job. And also it's helpful. So you're not financially tied to whether it be like investors or taking out a loan to start your own business, like you kind of find balance in that. And you tend to kind of work harder for yourself because it is your own money. Right. Um, And I used to work in loans. So loans are a senior debt product anyway. So it's like, you're going to pay it back no matter what, even if you go bankrupt, but it's kind of like, Why not do that in-house first? Like if you can, right? Like if it's, it's a small scale business, it doesn't take too much to start. So I feel like if anyone has an idea out there, do it, go for it. And I feel like it's as simple as creating the LLC name and like maybe telling a few people for accountability and that way you have to do it because you already told somebody about to do it. So
2: did y'all have, did y'all have (laughs) upfront costs for this business or is this something that you could start, you know, just without putting up any putting down any money?
1: Oh, no, we definitely had upfront cost. I mean, like even like advertising alone, like you got to secure some vehicles like you have to, I mean, insurance. So at root, you are a transportation company and insurance on transportation companies. It's pretty outrageous. Like, so you kind of, you know, if you're, if this is kind of what you want to do at root, like you have to fully like be invested. And I would definitely recommend mapping, doing all the research up front, mapping all the things out and understanding what the financial impact will be up front um, and then deciding, all right, is this something I want to do right now? Is this something I need to do a bit later? And, you know, like I mentioned, you know, we talked about this, we've been doing this since we were 21, but we went live when we were 27, you know, in 2017, like a few years later. So it took some time. It took some thought, like conceptually it was there and practice it was there, but to make it a full blown blown business and make sure it's operating, you know, at what our levels of excellence, it took some time to get there. And, but once we did start, we were like, Hey, this is, you know, we did it, we did it the right way and we're scaling the right way without losing quality. So, um, yeah,
2: that's, that's great. So before I let these, these guys jump in, tell us where, uh, Vingo is currently. So you launched it 2017 which is 2019 now. Yeah. How has the growth been and, you know, what is the future expectations or future plans for the company?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's been, honestly, it's been amazing. I get so excited when I receive emails and like interest for tours. You know, we started out, you know, we're, we were thinking it would be a bit more of like an intimate experience, like, you know, anniversary gift. Like we're going to take this couple out on like a beverage tour, et cetera, et cetera. But we've been doing bachelorette parties up to like 14 people, birthday parties. We've had, you know small companies hit us up and say hey we want to celebrate like our 75th you know anniversary with you guys like what does that look like you know so it's been it's been so great and people have been hearing about us word of mouth or just kind of you know even searching for you know um i guess like drivers on on google we're probably like the i i know we were the 10th company to add ourselves to like the Charlottesville, like Richmond, like vicinity to do something like this. But I know we're one of the few, I think one of two who will actually pick you up from your front door. So that sets us apart, right? So that being said, people have been able to, you know, target us a bit more and send us an email and we're super quick. Like I I mean, as soon as I get the email, I'm like, I'm getting back to you within the next like within an hour. I don't want to wait. I don't want you to, you know, like research and like, we lose your business because we didn't respond fast enough. So I feel like our service levels are there. Um, In terms of just, you know, how we've grown, like I said, we've grown like word of mouth and we've started to scale slowly. So at first it was Naya driving and then it was my mom driving. Then I was like, Oh, wait a second. I think I need my dad. Then we need a friend Then we might need someone else. So we've kind of been adding people. We've had two interns to help us. So I feel like business is growing in like the right direction. Right now we do about four tours a month. Um, our goal was to do two tours a month, um, especially in the winter, um, off peak season and the summer really picks up and the fall is like game on because Virginia wine month is in October. So, um, over the summer we're open every single day. Um, and then, you know, when it, Basically, when it gets back into like the school year we're open like on the weekends, what have you. So it's been good. Where I see this going is we started off at Root Transportation Company, but I think we definitely want to add a leg for corporate events where, you know, if, like I said, a small company wants to come celebrate people, do like a wine, open bar, catered food, et cetera, et cetera. We're happy to help you set that up, whether it be, you know, at your own facility or at a property. Um, so there's a bit more of like an events management leg that's coming um, to be a part of it. But that's I mean, it's all fun and all fun for us. So that's kind of where I see it going.
2: Awesome. Do you guys think y'all can do anything with students or do y'all do anything with
1: students currently? Yeah. So we've actually had a few, um, fourth years kind of come to us and say, Hey, we want to do like a half day tour or we're celebrating a birthday or we just kind of want to do something different on the weekend. So by all means, you know, hit us up, email us. We're happy to do it. Um, we, we can, I mean, even if folks wanted to do like date functions and do like wine tours or however, however people want to do it, we're totally flexible. We don't really have like a, a framework that we're bound to. We just want to make sure people are getting to the properties that they want to get to and traveling safely. So, um, if we meet those marks then we're happy to kind of be flexible and operate on based on what people want to see for the day.
2: So when I was in Charl- when I was in Charlottesville, I didn't know anything about the, the wine, wine fields or whatever wineries around the, around the area and nothing like that. Yeah. I just found out about that stuff here probably in the last year. So yeah. I think it's definitely an education process where you could definitely reach some people and understand. I know people like Dom Joe and Max, they like to entertain their ladies. That might be a good opportunity for you guys <laughs> right there.
3: Yeah,
2: definitely. I mean, I'm definitely
3: <laughs> a I mean all right, right you know, well then, then I will choose? await your tour request. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm on the website right now. Um can we but, can we choose like so what does your fleet of cars look like? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like so, you got vans or what?
1: Yes, yeah, so it depends on tour size. So, I, so basically, standard we have a Volkswagen Atlas, which is probably one of the few um, seven passenger vehicles that can fit like an adult male in the third row, just with like knee space. So it's nice. Um, so we we're strategic about strategic about um, purchasing one of those, and then um, if we have requests for up to twelve people, um, you will be in a transit. Uh, transit van so it's kind of not like a paddy wagon but it's like one of those eh, it's kind of like you know a hotel shuttle at the airport how they pick you up yeah, something like yeah. that but a little bit nicer Um, so you can so your large party can travel together to all of the properties
2: cool do you guys have like a uh, I guess a, a minimum amount of time that you have to know in advance to people that want to do it or will y'all take anybody up until like you know, what's the last, what's the last, how, how soon or how late can I reserve a a, a a booking or whatever?
1: Yeah. So it works out to it where if we have 48 hours notice for up to um, six passengers, we 're fine, like we can accommodate that, but if you have like a twelve person situation l- pulling that off last minute's kind of tough just because the wineries um, require like reservations for large party tastings, and a lot of the times they get booked up um, you know within like a week, so the sooner the better for anything over six passengers, but if you have up to six like we 're happy to accommodate if we don 't have a booking like we 'll definitely slate people in. Um, for that. And then also, it's also important to note, like, yeah, Virginia has 300 wineries, but we also have 200 breweries, 40 distilleries, and um, I think 15 or so cider farms. So you Mm -hmm. can do a combination of wine, brew, whiskey, cider, however you want your day to shake out. We'll do that. We'll map it out for you so it's efficient. What we always say is like, we want you to you know, maximize time on the tastings and minimize time in the car. So we'll map it out to how it makes sense just so we can get you in front of, you know, all the places you want to be.
3: Okay. I'm a customer, right? Because I'm on this full day tour, drawing right now. Mm -hmm. Can I pick where I want to go or you guys pick?
1: Oh, you, you know definitely pick. Yeah, you definitely pick where you want to go um, on the bookings. We kind of have the regions mapped out: um, north, east, south, and west. Just to give you an idea of where those properties are together, those are gonna. That's gonna maximize your driving efficiency, like that driving plan. Now, if you oh, want to, you know. Okay, gotcha suggested yeah so if you want to do two on the north and then do two on the south like you're kind of saying all right i know i'm going to spend a little bit more time in the car but that's okay i want to hit these properties so we always ask people no matter what they've actually selected what do you want to see where do you want to go and we're happy to map that out and if you want us to suggest we're happy to put forth like some of our favorite places or you know recent finds etc etc and just like help you you know curate your day
3: this
0: is definitely. So do you guys book? Uh, you guys set the reservations for the people, or do they set it for themselves?
1: Yeah. So, basically, what you do is like, if you go online, you can book your date and time slot, whether it be. So, we yeah. have half day tours that are four hours in duration, and we have full day tours that are six hours in duration. So, the four, uh, the half day tours that are four hours, people end up seeing about three properties for like quick tastings, or it's like you go in, you do a tasting, you probably have time to get like a a glass of wine or enjoy whiskey at each property and then you kind of move on. Right. It's supposed to be like a faster pace, but then the full day tour, which is six hours. I mean, you can do tastings, you know, about four tastings and we bake in time to have like lunch at a property that we'll set up and arrange for everyone with bottles of wine or, you know, at a brewery, et cetera, et cetera. So it ends up being like a full day of it, um, along the trail, which is pretty fun. Um, but along that during that time, like you kind of you can either tell us where you want to go, if you have an idea of the four places you want to see, or we can kind of like help based on what your interests are. So.
3: Cool. And yeah, you also have a tour of the city of Charlottesville for a day. So what is that just the breweries in Charlottesville?
1: Yeah. So we'll take you around to the breweries in Charlottesville and there are a couple of wineries that are super close as well. Um, So if you wanted to do like a quick bounce around, maybe see like four places within the half day window, like that would, that would allow you to do that.
2: So let's get back to this. Let's get back to them. Let us get back to this business model. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, this, is, is, this is good stuff, man. Yeah, That's yeah. Good stuff. What
0: is the? That's um, what I was about
2: to ask. What is the? What is, you know they have the. Um, what's your revenue model?
0: That's what I want to know.
2: What's your revenue <laughs> model, Kristen? So how do you guys make <laughs> it money? And what opportunity? I see this. I, I think you can make money a, a multitude of ways. Um, you know, especially with this yeah. the way you guys are doing it. But what I, I mean, just tell us what your main source of income is and if you're looking at other opportunities to to mon- to monetize the business
1: yeah so we definitely are so there there are two elements I mentioned like the adding like the corporate flair to it and honestly one of my dreams like I travel to um Stellenbosch South Africa every February for wine um what I kind of want to get in the business of doing is kind of like creating like a travel leg to this like I'm happy to curate plan trips for people who want to explore wine in Bordeaux or any places that I've been that's like focused on wine. So Bordeaux or South Africa or, you know, anywhere in Italy, Spain, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So that would be like a subsidiary business of Vingo eventually in the future. Give me some time to iron that out. But, um, in the, in the meantime, you know, our, I don't know if you've heard of the book, like the lean startup. Yep. Um, so Everybody yeah, needs to read so, that. Yes, absolutely. Please read the Lean Startup. It, it, that is basically how we modeled, you know, the business. It's kind of like when money is coming in, we will spend money. If it's not, we are flat and we don't have a use for anything outside of, you know, paying for insurance, you know, like, you know, like your standard, you know, uh, bills, what have you, which are, you know, accounted for after a couple of tours have been committed. Right. So I feel like, um, the model is super lean. Our operating expenses are super low. Um, think, think, you know, whoever the tax heads are for tax write-offs. So it's like that's helpful. So it's kind of like worry about the rest of it. Like at the end of the year, it always comes back to you. So I feel like, you know, the risk was definitely worth it. But once you understand kind of like how to model your business so it's like lean and effective, like you're you're going to be operating within the right space. Like you won't have too many economic like hits. So...
3: You're right. I, I think one of the biggest, um, I think one of the biggest mistakes or like misconceptions in uh, for people that's trying to start their business or think about starting their business is the fact that they think they need this. They need to run to the bank and get this business plan together and get this big lump sum of money for a loan, and they can right. start
1: their business without it. Yeah, that I think that that'll almost impede you in a way, right? I feel yeah, like sure if you if you have an idea if you have a concept you know i think one of the hardest things was making sure like our name was available <laughs> you know and coming up with like a logo like once you kind of once you kind of get that and you have an idea you have to understand i'm sure if i have this idea at least 10 other people have this idea. Right. But I'm probably, or 10 other people have tried to do it. 10 other people have done it, et cetera, et cetera. That's all fine and dandy. Like get, get it together, get your framework out there. It's trial and error. Like the business is constantly evolving as we go on based on feedback, based on, you know, we thought we had one target audience when we were starting then we realized, Oh, wait a second. Like the people purchasing these tours are, you know, of this demographic age, race, you know, all this other stuff, right? So I feel like all of that stuff comes to you. Once you get started with your business, I think the best thing to prioritize is like, one, let me get the framework out there. Let me see how I can get people to bite, like where their interests are, and then how can I provide the best service and like take feedback well and incorporate it. Um and I feel like from there, like the rest of it will come together. Like me putting words on a paper for a business plan that only I will see, like, I will do that. I, I, you know, when we have done that over time, but that wasn't the start of me ironing this out, you know? Um, And some people argue that's kind of like a backwards way of doing it, but I will say like, I mean, it's, you know, our business has been in the green. So since it started, so I feel like the lean and I attribute that to like reading the lean startup and just kind of like trusting the process along the way, because people will tell you where you need to pivot, what they like, what they didn't like, because they are spending money on your business. Exactly. Right. Um, but if you're, yeah. So if you're able to take that feedback and say, all right, let me get a little bit more creative or let me go the extra mile for some people like, or, you know, like our folks like on the tour, people appreciate that and stuff kind of, it pays dividends in the end. So I would just say, go for it and don't like let the business plan or like the, um, you know, like this huge loan, like getting away, have a concept, have an idea, but don't, you know, rack your brain on like some 20 page, like business plan or like taking out a massive loan from the bank, you know,
2: people, people get in the way of thinking that, you know, you have an idea, you have a goal, but at the end of the day, like people are going to tell you where they're going to spend their money at, you know, so being able to get started and putting whatever idea you think out there into the universe is the first step, but the second step is listening to the people that are out there in the universe trying to use your product and figuring out, oh, this is how we need to pivot. This is how we need to adjust and make changes to this to make this a concept that is more acceptable to the public. So every, exactly. every company I ever started has been something else different than what it is today. You know, so... I think the first step is throwing it against the wall and seeing what, what stays and what doesn't stay. That's, that's, that's my, that's my lean startup technique right there. I throw it right. all up against the wall and then whatever falls off the wall, <laughs>
1: right.
2: you know what I'm saying? We throw something else. So I think that's, that's exactly. how it is. So I I would like to know as far as like, what have been some, it sounds like everything's been positive and everything's been going straight. What are some hardships that you guys had? What are some challenges you guys have run into? Obviously it seems like, you know, You know, you had the idea for a while and it took a while to get it actually launched. That might have been a hardship or what what was the uh, what are some things that you guys run into on a daily basis? Like as far as helping hands, one of our big issues is staffing, making sure we're putting people in front of us that represent our company well. But it doesn't seem like you have that problem. So what problem do you guys have um, with your guys that you you on a day to day basis? You're like, this is a threat to the company.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that that is a problem is sometimes we get inundated with tours Um, for more tour requests than we have people who are available to drive. Um, and so sometimes you're like, Hey, you know, is it possible? Can you do Sunday? Or is it possible? Can you do another weekend? Like we're booked up. Like we fill up quickly based on the number of, just because of the number of people who we have eligible to drive. But that's because like we have been very, very, very selective in who, who will drive for us based on like past driving records. Like my parents both have commercial driver's license, like, you know, Nye and I like own the business. We have another friend who we trust to drive. So we want to make sure like people are in good hands, but like, you know, having such a small internal infrastructure right now, um, only allows us to scale slowly. So when it so when we think about investing in um, you know, advertisement like Facebook advertisements or, you know, Instagram advertisements or like logging on and doing something with like partnerships with, you know, a couple of other brands like Expedia, TripAdvisor, other folks who have um, kind of like tapped us, we have to kind of, we have to be careful with that just because we know how small we are um, in the house. So I think one of the biggest challenges is making sure we're scaling appropriately. So you really have to be strategic about all the things that we're committing ourselves to and not, right? Because um, we want our brand, since we're branding, trying to, you know how people say, oh yeah, I'm gonna take an Uber, whether or not you know, they're, they call like an Uber, a Juno, a Lyft, et cetera, et cetera. It's become a verb. We want Vingo to become a verb as well. So I feel like just making sure we're making decisions, the right decisions, the best decisions, like behind this whole brand that we're trying to build, because it is something you can pick up and drop in other places. Like we've kind of been probably operating a bit more slowly than we intended, even in going into like year two. So that's a hiccup. The second hiccup is you know, owning vehicles, like you own a car, like, you know, you're paying for this car, whether or not you have tours coming in or not, things kind of even out. Like I said, when you look back, like over the course of the year, it's fine. But sometimes there are moments where it's like, all right, I might just be paying for a vehicle. You know, people are in super family mode, November, December tours are light at that point in time, that's all fine. But I know as soon as it warms up in like spring, summer, fall, it's going to be game on. And we, you know, we have, we're going to have what we need to kind of, you know, continue to cover everything and just kind of like making sure we're being profitable and, you know, responsible there. So I think that we do have to put, we can't really take as many risks as we would like, but at this point in time, like, you know, like going into year two, but I definitely know that we'll, um, we'll get there. So those are the two awesome. things that how been do been tough. How do you guys go about
2: acquiring customers? What's your, what's your, customer acquisition uh, process?
1: Yeah. So honest, what's been most helpful is Google ads and Instagram ads. Um, So we do those two things. If people like, Hey, found your business on Google or Hey, saw, you know, this review on Google about Vingo or interested or word of mouth, like, you know, talking to people about it at work or, you know, in our, you know, like church homes or like friends and et cetera, et cetera. It's just kind of you know, spread through the community, like in the right way where we're like, Oh, here's our email address. Or it's like bingotours.com. It's a quick, something that you can remember, like people will pull up there, contact us, give us a call, whatever the case may be and like start booking, um, which is nice. And I feel like, you know, we have good success rates because like once we tell somebody about it, they're like, Oh, I actually really want to do this. We actually see people turning around and doing it, which is nice.
2: Well, y'all guys got any more questions before I get into this topic of the day? Or because, or, you know, once I get to this topic of the day, it's going to get a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, All right, cool. It, so topic of the day, we've recently seen people make mistakes, and we've seen two different elements of handling mistakes. So we have R. Kelly. He made a mistake, obviously, and he goes public with it. And then we have Robert Kraft, the CEO of um, (laughs) the Patriots. He makes a mistake and he hasn't said he hasn't said not one thing. So I wanted to see and we obviously don't have to be personal mistakes. Let's make this business. So your business makes a mistake. You're the owner of the business. You're the CEO of the business. What's the best way to go about getting your business not to take a hit? or getting your business back in respectable uh, credentials or respectable mindset with the general public. So we make a mistake, and then how do we go about it as business owners? Dom Joe, you want to go first?
3: Uh, Yeah, I'll go first, man. Just because um, actually dealing with helping hands, uh, you know, you got to rectify a lot of problems. You know what I'm saying? But um, I would say being honest, Right? So making a mistake, identifying the mistake, right? And not trying to cover it up or, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's not a secret. If you're doing services for somebody and you make a mistake, the customer's going to know. You, you, most of the time, know you made a mistake. If you find out about a mistake, whatever the case is, start, identify the mistake, rectify the mistake as soon as possible, and then do what you can do to make your customer happy and then move on. You know what I'm saying, and, and do your best not to make that mistake again. If it means firing somebody, and you know, somebody gotta get fired, man. You know what I'm saying. At the end of the day, you can't be the one to get got. You know what I'm saying. So you, you gotta get them before they get you. So if he gotta go, then he gotta go. But the biggest, the biggest thing is honesty. And at the end of the day, man, just do the core value right thing.
2: Max, what you got?
3: You know
0: what I'm so. I think that you got to get out in front of it and and basically just make it right and just don't lie. You know, that's that's where I think people get in trouble. And, you know, when you just don't don't own it up to it, don't tell the truth about it. And then you just lose all faith because everyone makes mistakes. Most people know, you know, there are a few mistakes that you actually can't come back from. But for the most part, most mistakes you can come back from as long as you're upfront about it, you get out in front of it. And and you know just make sure you let them know how you're gonna make sure it never happens again and how you're gonna rectify the situation. So,
2: Kristen, what are you doing when there's a mistake uh, and you gotta go face it? How do you, how do you go about facing it? Do you face it? What's your what's your thought process?
1: Yeah. I- yeah, absolutely. i like, if there is a mistake, cause some of the times you, when you do stuff, you don't realize you're like, oh man, like that didn't, that didn't, wasn't received well. Or like that actually caused like some conflict elsewhere. A lot of the times I feel like you don't realize that. And if that's the case, if someone brings it to your attention, I'm always like, you know, thanks for bringing this up. Like this is what we're going to do to fix it. Um, and making sure like we're going to correct the process on the go for it. I feel like, you know, um, Dom and Max made really good print, uh, uh, made really good points it's kind of like you can't hide from it it's like own it and say you're going to fix it and kind of move on like you know to be human is to err and so sometimes you almost have to anticipate like things will go wrong but if i operate with integrity if i i'm going to fix it and i'm doing my best at any given point in time, like I can't be mad at myself. And I also can't be on the defense like too much. If something, you know, like this, you know, kind of falls off my radar, comes up to my attention. Like I have to work really hard to make sure I correct it and continue to kind of like, you know, build the reputation of whatever brand that I'm supporting, like in the so right way. So all three of y'all
2: think that Robert Kraft is in the, is, should should be saying something about his prostitution situation. And y'all think that R. Kelly did the right thing. He was just way He was just lying. Is that what I'm hearing from everybody? No, 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 no. Nah, R I Kelly, don't
0: think I really. Don't. I mean, Robert R. Kelly was. R was we know, can R. Man.
3: Kelly. That's like R. Kelly. That's
0: not, that not even comparable,
3: <laughs> man. Because like, what he's <laughs> yeah. doing, there's so much evidence. That's
0: illegal. It's not a mistake. It's not to him. It's not a mistake.
3: Yeah, like he's, it's
0: he's not a business he was, mistake.
3: He's been preying on little girls for years and years and years, and like he has a designed method on how he goes about doing it. So in his head, it's not a mistake. He just got caught. Now he just has to figure out how he's going to continue doing what he always done. You know what I'm saying? Robert Kraft, he made a mistake and it's kind of like, he kind of like Bill Clinton. Yeah, I did it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's going to blow over. You know what I'm saying? But that's not a service mistake. You know what I'm saying? That's like a personal in in the household mistake. You know what I mean? So, you know, we're talking about two different mistakes here, but if you want to bring a bad situation, I would take the Robert Kraft approach. Any type of legal, anything, do not say nothing. You know what I'm saying? When my personal business is out in the, the blogs and in it's common knowledge everywhere,
2: I'm not right, saying So, nothing. So this is my question then. My question, my question is, you as a business owner have a personal issue going on that is not acceptable. It doesn't have nothing to do with the business. The business is still doing great. Dom Joe Enterprises still has all these clients. But then your clients come to you and they want to know about the situation. What's what's how did that go? It's being taken you know, care of my situation. household. What you mean? What, what you worried about my personal business for me?
3: You yeah, still yeah, getting it's in the the legal check.
0: situation, and uh, if it doesn't affect the business, why should my yeah. client shouldn't care. Exactly,
3: man. You know what I'm saying? Because you understand, man. Everybody got skeletons in their closet. You know. Um, I think it's a natural reaction sometimes for people to point the finger and say that's the bad guy. But at the end of the day, man, everybody has to look themselves oh. in the mirror, and only God can judge it. So if it's not messing up the business, then shoot. Eric, this, this,
2: but it is messing me- up the business. What? The business, your your clients, your clients wanna know I want you to talk about the situation to them about what what's going on? What's is the issue? You know what I'm saying? If I need to know the truth serious, or else we're gonna have to cut cut we're gonna have to cut loose. I
3: mean, if it's that serious and I have that type of relationship with my clients, then I'll sit well, down because I do I do I do believe in, you know what I'm saying, you know, just Cultivating real, real relationships with my with my team members. But um, if it got to that point, then I would sit down and talk to them and just let them know. You know what I'm saying? What, whatever it is, man, <laughs> you're killing me. <laughs> I'm not gonna let them
0: know. I, yeah, I I'm would, not say nothing. I wouldn't
3: pull no R Kelly. <laughs> so I'll tell you that right now, uh,
0: man. My philosophy is: right. is you handle in house problems in house, and if they don't appreciate it, I would just tell them, "Hey, look, you know you're a great client. I have a lot of other great clients, but." If one of them came to me with a problem, you wouldn't want me telling, you know, your business to them or vice versa. So why would you expect me to tell my business to you? You know, you want your privacy. I I expect my privacy. If they're not okay with that, then at the end of the day, were they really that great of a client then?
2: Interesting. Chris. And you got any thoughts on it as far as uh, that situation?
1: You know, I don't know. I I feel a bit torn. I feel like I don't know enough about either to opine. But I just think in general, like if you are going to be a face of something, you I feel like you kind of know like if this happens when – you, when you're doing things, right, you kind of know like, man, if this if this surfaces, like is it going to impact like my overall brand? I feel like you kind of know that. But I feel like if you want to live without restriction or, you know, like live freely, cool, you got to make that – you got to make that a choice as well. But just know that like there's a consequence to kind of like all of those things, um, and I feel like, you know, news is kind of like people feed off like the bad things per se. So I don't know. It's just a risk. I feel like a risk you take in general,
3: but with this situation specifically though, it's like, my thing is we all know how media work. Robert Kraft knows how media work. You know what I'm saying? That's why you shut up. You don't do what R Kelly did. Rock. Well, R Kelly's situation ain't going to blow over, man. He done. But this Robert Kraft situation, <laughs> Kristen, <laughs> get, uh, Kristen, um, Basically mm-hmm. he got caught he got caught uh uh hiring a prostitute and he's married. So that's what he was you know, whatever. So a situation like that, really, honestly, no one cares. It's gonna be it's gonna be news for another week or two. By the time the season comes around, you know what I'm saying, it's gonna be done. And then the only person affected is gonna be Robert Kraft's wife. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it.
2: Or whatever happens in Robert Kraft's household. I, I disagree. Hey, I disagree. I'm going to disagree pol- uh, poli- politely. Because, first of all, he represents the NFL. And he represents the New England Patriots. And there's a bunch of brands that sponsor them that, you know, I think is going to want to hear from him as far as like, yo, what is this? I mean... You know, there's thinking about human trafficking and a whole bunch of things that brands right. don't want to stand by this guy if he's right. not going say, say, to say what's way, up.
3: The Patriot Way been shot to hell since freaking, uh, who's the tight end that, that hung himself in the jail cell? And then we got and then Hernandez. Got Hernandez hung himself in the jail cell. And, and um, who's the big tight end now?
2: The, uh, what's his name? So you, think, so you think the brands that sponsor them already know what they're getting?
3: They should. If you just look at the history, man, you can choose to ignore that. But, hey, man, lepers seldom change their spots. You know what I'm saying? They're stripes, bro. <laughs>
2: lepers got <laughs> stripes. No. I was <laughs> <laughs> um, no, man. It's
3: all but, good. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying, though? It's, it's like, after a while, man, you know, the, the media created the Patriot way for what, man? These guys are athletes. Athletes are people. People messed up. It is what it is. So if you choose to buy into that and then, and then um, you know, want to take your business elsewhere because of that, that's a personal problem. Robert Kraft ain't tripping ain't, on, on any... He ain't tripping off that, man. And the NFL's not going to part with him. either. like, what's really going to happen?
2: All right, bro. Sounds good. I got one more question before we get off of here. Um, and this is just a random question that has nothing to do with business. Everybody hold the story about the man that was running on the park trail and and he killed a mountain lion or whatever? Y'all hear that story right now? I heard, I, yeah, I, I
3: heard it. I saw a little. I don't really know exactly what happened. I heard a little bit about it.
2: So my man was running on the trail. First of all, this is one of my worst nightmares, to be honest with you. Running on the trail, and then uh you got animals following you. So <laughs> um, he 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 turned around and it seemed to be it was a mountain lion. He ended up getting in a tussle with the mountain lion. Ultimately, he ended up killing the mountain lion, choking it out. Uh, and the mountain lion scratched his face up and things like that. So when you orig- when you originally hear the story, you're like, oh yeah, man, that's a crazy whoever this dude is, is a beast. And then they come out to, and then it comes out a week, two later that there's a little baby mountain lion, you know, one or two years old. Not, not saying that it's a it's a little <laughs> small, little- not like a little small little mountain lion, but you know what I'm saying? It's still a baby, like three, like a three-year-old mountain lion, man. And he done, you know, immaturity or whatever you want to call him the mountain lion. But at the end of the day, he done choked out the baby mountain lion. And uh went about his way, and and they've been telling this story like he was like he't killed a full grown mountain lion on the Buddha's bare hands. you know, so my question for you guys, and this could be short, but what, first of all, if you encounter any type of animals on the in, in, in the wilderness you by yourself, do you have the ability to kill the
1: animal? You know, I'm just going to say no. <laughs> like I just, <laughs> like I know my my fear response is to be still, and yeah. that is not going to be successful if I have to ward off anything. Um, you know, I've I shoot, I was like I was on safari like two weeks ago in South Africa, and somebody dropped a um, their camera lens outside of the vehicle when we were looking at lions, and the lion looked over, pivoted directly to us, made eye contact. I was still. I was like, I'll be the first one to die. 'Cause I'm not gonna defend myself. <laughs> so I know whether it be on a trail, whatever the case may be, like I'm out. I've accepted That's,
2: that. that. That's real. Dom Joe, yeah. jo, I already know I'm what you're about gonna, to say. Go yeah, ahead. I,
3: hey, he gonna I I I believe I I believe if, if I can I'll try to kill that I'll try to kill that lion, but he gonna have to catch me first.
2: First first thing, <laughs> yeah, is, first, flight. First thing is flight. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Flight, <laughs> then fight. <laughs> straight up. <laughs> Max, what about
0: you? Hey, I'm I'm with Dom, man. I'm I'm flight first, and then if I fit, feel that I can't outrun him, then I'm gonna fight for my life. But let's tell you right now, I ain't going down easy. The line gonna have a fight try to take me down.
2: I'll hey, do I'm, what I can. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I ain't never got caught by no animal. You know, if I got if I need a, if I got a little bit of distance, bro, I'm gonna tell you I ain't never got caught. So you know, what I'm saying I, I I I can jump a fence, do all kind of stuff. You want to see a you want to see an athlete?
0: Oh, you wanna see an athlete. <laughs>
2: Hey, you want to see let a, let a dog loose uh, and chase, a, chase. A, let a dog chase me for a, for a couple blocks, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've been hey. doing this since I was young.
0: Chase, you remember when we was riding to catch the bus and had to hop the fence over at EVA, and, and Dom did the swing one leg over. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, leg oh my girl. god! <laughs> yeah. He's
2: about? definitely getting caught. He's definitely getting caught. Yeah, he getting
0: caught. Oh, you talking
2: about after a workout,
0: bro? <laughs> oh, I ain't never seen I'm nobody jump that like that. You
3: know, you know what I'm saying? Hey, bro. <laughs> The not hey, act like I can't scale no fences now. Nah,
0: you know what I, mean? I ain't never had to run from the cops.
2: Yeah, you but, did. Um...
0: <laughs> yeah, now, we, now we shoot shots. Now we shoot shots. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. We shooting shots?
3: We shooting shots, bro, Max? I want to know. I, I need to hear this story. If you done ran from the cops before, man.
0: Bro, I run from the cops all the. Time. I used to all the time back in high school, man. We used to always have house parties, and when the cops came, you had to go. You had to be out. We was all the age. And I ain't never awesome. ran from you know, no you cops. Know
3: you know what it is, man? You know, that's the difference, bro. I'm the man in my study, bro. I walk out the front door when they come, like, what's up? I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Hey, get the cool. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs>
2: Hey, I don't want to hear nothing about that, because one day at Charlottesville, that boy, that boy had so much uh lick in his system, he was talking about <laughs> it, that they the, they got the place it's around surrounded. it. They got the goodness around it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the buildings around it. I'm like bro, I'm sitting, I'm standing, I'm standing,
3: Max, I'm standing, Max, I'm standing right bro. outside, I'm standing right outside that like old cop's here, bro. Yo, yo, dude, uh, Max, I thought I picked you up that day too. I was like, yo, I don't remember dude, I I forget what I said. I remember that joke was funny though.
2: Mm.
3: Yo, oh go man, go. that's what's up though, man. Who got the gas?
2: I was I'm over here explaining the story on mute. But I was waiting for him to pick me up outside the oh, no. store. Oh, oh. I was waiting for him to pick me up outside the party and he go call he go, we go on the phone and he's telling me, "Hey, bro, you got to meet me at the corner." The cops had a building surrounded. I'm like, "Bro, what are you talking about, man?" <laughs> What are you? What what, what possibly are you talking about right now? I'm standing right outside in front of the door, the main entrance. You know, if you don't don't swing around here right now, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm sliding you on site. But uh, yeah, man, it was a crazy day. It was a crazy day, man. But Kristen, we really appreciate you being on this podcast, telling us about your business, telling us about everything. Let everybody know where they can uh, reach you at, where they can go to website, and how they can book a tour and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. So if you're interested in a tour, please visit us at www.vingotours.com. That's V-I-N-G-O, kind of like bingo, but with a V, like com. And feel free to drop us an email info at com if you're interested in booking directly or have any questions we're available there and I'll get back to you as soon as I can.
2: Awesome. We're gonna have to get something for Black Alumni weekend going. You know, it's a perfect time for us to start yeah, prepping perp- get this, up. getting getting it out, getting ready. So Absolutely Who got the gas today? Max? Yeah. yeah Max Million. He's gonna give us a gas of the week. Then we are going to get closer to that mic though. We're boy. gonna get be off of here. Uh Chris Kristen, stay on before the audio uplo- so the audio can upload. All right. Okay. All right. Fair. Go ahead, Max
0: all right for the gas of the week guys everyone out there stop making excuses that's gonna hold you back you got a full-time job that's fine you can't get a loan from a bank that's fine find a way to do it there's 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 a will there's a way somebody out there has done it before So just make sure you just get out there if you have an idea and just go for it and we out <music>